Hello, all my friends, fitness fanatics, cardio bunnies, and just, oh, you know, life lovers in general. You're listening to the How Should I Bro podcast, and this is one badass motherfucking show. But we couldn't be so badass if it wasn't for a couple of our sponsors. Our first one is Show Me Comics. They are the premier independent comic book company in the entire country, and they bring to you live and in full color their 64-page graphic novel, Hafu. You can get your copy right now at showmecomics.com. We're also brought to you by Extreme Krav Maga and Fitness, located in the Gravoy Bluffs area of Fenton, Missouri. That is where I do all of my personal training, my boot camps, my MMA class. They also do self-defense, fitness, uh, all kinds of awesome stuff is going down there at Extreme Krav Maga. You can check them out online at www.xkm-stl.com. All right, so last episode, we had a guest named Trevor the White Knight, and he kept referring to me as a jerk <coughs> jock. And uh, because, of, uh, because of what I do as a personal trainer, and I guess because of my fucking bald head and because I like working out, a lot of times I get stereotyped as a jock. And really kind of bugs me because I don't think that I'm much of one growing up. I wasn't a football player. I wasn't a wrestler. In fact, there's only one team sport that I ever played, and that was baseball. And it wasn't even for, like, the uh, the school team. It was for this little, you know, get-together thing at, uh, you know, at this park out here in St. Louis. And, uh, yeah, I, I really think I'm the furthest thing from a jack, but... A lot of times I get stereotyped as that just because people are fucking stupid. <laughs> Would you consider gang rape a team sport? Oh, it totally is. I mean, it's, it's not really using a ball, but there's still, a, you know, in most cases an inanimate object involved. Yeah, but you have a jersey at home that says Cosby on the back, so that's got to That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that guy is the greatest comedian and athlete of all time, if you would just take into account that this is more of a sport, right? Wow. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Now, somebody who I know is an all-star athlete, he is probably the biggest jock I know, would be Tim Pickerel over that's, there. That's oh, definitely yeah. a, lot of, uh, a lot of varsity um, masturbating. <laughs> He's MVP. Uh, anyway, that that got me to thinking the other day about the whole jerk jock thing, and some of my experience as a trainer dealing with uh, dealing with athletics and dealing with teams, and some of the nuances of parents that don't seem to know uh, where their boundaries should be, and coaches that don't quite understand what their role in the development of a of a child athlete should be. And it just got me thinking about sports in general, well, you know, not just, it? not just playing them, but also the world of professional sports and how we as a culture are, are obsessed with watching, you know, football and television and baseball and how some people actually live their entire fucking lives around this stuff. And there's stories of people that actually like commit suicide when their team, you know, doesn't make the playoffs or loses the big Super Bowl game, and that's just completely absurd. So I thought for this episode we could talk about sports, the good side, and the bad side. Well, I was just going to say, as far as parents having a role 
if the sport is gang rape, the parents shouldn't even be there because they will just interfere and get in the way. So They shouldn't, but they tend to overreact to it. Like, hey, my son didn't get enough time in the little... Exa- well, uh, I could see that being a valid complaint by a parent. You know, the guy that's kind of the, the runt of the college fraternity, you know, and he just keeps getting face mushed and pushed back. And it's like, uh, I'm going in for sloppy seconds. But you already had your turn. It's re- It really isn't fair. And if... The guy, the run to the fraternity doesn't participate. He's not getting a ribbon or a trophy or anything like that. So I guess the parent has a valid argument. I mean, hey, you know what? They got to feel good about themselves. (laughs) That's That's true. I mean, it's it's all about everybody gets to play. Right. But um, uh, seriously, though. I was being serious. in my dealings with uh, with a lot of the the sports organizations that I used to train, whenever that was my deal, was doing all the the sports training. Um, it was uh, it was quite sad to see uh, how much that like a, a little six year old's confidence could be just absolutely crushed because either there's a parent in the stands. That wants to treat them like a fucking thirty-year-old major leaguer and heckle this little kid, and then when the little kid say gives up the game-winning pitch or he uh, strikes out as the final at bat, they they really you know treat this kid like shit and don't realize what long-term damage that they're doing to his psyche, and these parents should be taken out and just probably damage. beaten to death with a baseball bat, but. That's just, you know, me. So to me, that's one of the disadvantages of playing sports, especially at a young age, is some of the stuff that these kids encounter psychologically from the other parents, a lot of times from their own parents. Let's say they've got a a mom or a dad that, that's trying to live vicariously through them, and so they tend to push their kid harder just because they used to play the sport themselves or they wish that they had the ability to and they're living it out through their kid. Or you've got that coach that uh, I, I don't know, maybe they've got pent up frustrations because their real job is a piece of shit, and so they go in for this coaching role and they just take it out on the kids. But I mean, sometimes they're in there and they're throwing situations or they're throwing uh, obstacles at these at these little these little minds that just shouldn't be experiencing that yet. So I'm curious, did either of you two play any sports when you were children? I did not. We did not come from, well, obviously, if you're a listener of the show, I have no physical or athletic upbringing whatsoever. I think I played, I mean, aside from your normal gym class stuff where I didn't even dress out and was told that I was going to be a drug dealer by Coach Nelson. I remember that. And it's funny because that was when Tim was selling us weed right. in the locker room. Now, Jordan, he played all-star for his uh, elementary school gang rape team. Hold on. But Hold didn't... on. Statute of limitations. I can't <laughs> talk about that. So, um, No, actually, that's a very interesting question because I never played sports. Um, and... You know, I did, I took swimming lessons when I was a kid. You know, mm-hmm. and but I I view that more as like getting a skill than yeah. doing any kind of sport. Um, there was no competition involved. You know, well, it was me in competition with the water, you right. know, like drowning. <laughs> so I won. 
Um, <laughs> well, I, I but, can, well, I wanted to say that I definitely was the prototype fat kid, yeah. you know, in school. And I wasn't like morbidly obese fat, but right. I was fat enough that I'm like, I'm not any good. Like, every time I actually tried in gym class, I'd right. fail. And, and that would just keep me from trying again. You know, I was the, I became an expert, however, at being able to put on my gym shirt and take off my regular <laughs> shirt under the gym shirt and then pull oh, yeah. it out through the neck hole and then vice versa <laughs> because there's no way that I was showing my... A deep belly button inside of that locker room. And to this day, that's still how Jordan gets naked in front of his wife that's before right. they get intimate with each other. So she's never actually seen him naked. I actually <laughs> just wear those uh, waffle print uh, long underwear top and bottom. And I just let my little cock head flap out of the little... You I'm know, just going to use the hole. The this flap is, in the front. This is no joke. My dad actually wears underwear like that. <laughs> the waffle print. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's ridiculous. So um, I, I didn't play any sports either up until I was about 11 or 12 years old. And whenever I did finally start, it wasn't it wasn't like a, like a team sport or anything for school. It was an individual sport and it was a martial arts. So... But I can I can completely attest because I I met Jordan around like fifth or sixth grade, and we were part of a program called Cats, which was um, Booty Tats, yeah, <laughs> which kind of would be like, oh yeah, they're on the chess team, you know, <laughs> like we definitely weren't going to be getting picked for any. We definitely weren't first to get picked whenever we had to play kickball at fucking recess. But um, I didn't play kickball at recess. I, I made fun of people <laughs> at recess because I wasn't good at sports. So um, I just found the weakest links on the playground and uh, went on a diatribe about how they're horrible. So, uh, and I will just throw a guess out here at you two, but when, when you were in gym class and you were forced to participate in some of these, you know, team sports, uh, were you not ever trying to find ways to get out of it or maybe ways to like hide oh, yeah. at the back and not want to get picked? Cause you felt like not only was it not you, but that you were going to be horrible at this and people would, you know, fucking make fun of you for it or something. You know, I will say that, uh, while I did try to hide, um, I do have a few distinct memories from like elementary and middle school and things like that. Of course, in high school, I was super excited after you do that initial first year. You're yeah. like, I'd never have to fucking do this ever again. Yeah. But I remember one time um, we were playing flag football or something like that. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, but th we snapped the ball or whatever. And I just kind of clumsily ran down the field and I turned around and somebody saw, hey, Taylor's wide open. I'll throw it to him. And he threw it to me. And 99.9% .9 of the time, I would drop it. And I freaking caught it. And I remember feeling a rush. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. It's completely meaningless. But this is awesome at yeah. the same time. It's both meaningless and awesome. Mm -hmm. I, and I could just couldn't comprehend. And I remember I turned around. And I ran, and, like, this guy was so flabbergasted, this jock or whatever, and that he wasn't really paying attention, and I just blew right past him and got a touchdown or whatever. And then I remember distinctly, 
I turned around. He walked up to me because I made him look like an idiot. Yeah. You know? Not, I, and I wasn't trying. Yeah. And he freaking spit at me. <laughs> and, I, and so you're on this high, this yeah. rush, and then you're like, oh, that's right. I'm not a part of this world. Right. I can't do this. Right. So if funnily enough, as I'm older now, I don't remember trying to sit out, but I do remember the few times that I did well, oh, you yeah. know, in, in gym class, and it's sticking with me. Like, you know, if that had panned out a little bit differently, I could have really gotten into it, and it could have really been fun. Oh, definitely. What about you, Tim? I absolutely did pretty much everything I could to not participate. So, I mean, that was at least in high school and in eighth grade. Once I moved out here, away from the city, because I was not popular at all. Once I once I got out to the county. Um, so yeah, high school, which was the good thing. We only had to take gym for our freshman year by the time I got in. So like I said, I didn't dress out and if you didn't dress out, you couldn't play. So I got like a D minus in the class. I participated just (laughs) enough for not dressing out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I could have taught you the shirt over and then work your arms through (laughs) and pull it out the hole. Um, Oh, I would have, I, I, what I would do, <laughs> I would actually wear my gym clothes under my regular clothes every day. Oh, that's a good trick, So too. that all I had to do was just take off my, like, fucking Superman, my outfit was on So underneath. you'd be one of those people that would smell later in oh, the day. Oh, man. Though. Yeah, but I didn't do a whole lot, so I didn't have to worry about sweating. So <laughs> as soon go. as gym class was over, I just put the shit right back on. It was so easy, but it sucked because every day I would have to put my fucking gym clothes on under my regular clothes. But... I was that self-conscious and I hated myself that bad that it's like I was willing to go through that rather than fucking dress out with everybody else and possibly have Jordan see my dick. <laughs> I just I was like, there's no way I don't want Jordan looking at my Which cock. Which sucks because if you had known you were an exhibitionist back then, <laughs> you could have been doing the foam roller in the locker room naked like you do now. <laughs> the flesh. Oh. The flash roller. You know, I did forget one sport that I was really good at. What's that? In gym class. And uh, so this was one that was played indoors on the basketball court. Uh-huh. You know, well, at least in most schools, you had like kind of a multi-purpose gym. Yeah. You know, it was just a little no William floor. And they had basketball hoops and stuff. But this, it was a team sport, and I was the fucking shit at it. <laughs> um, you got this big parachute. <laughs> yes. You spread it out on the floor. <laughs> And the object of the sport was, it was the team versus the parachute. Yeah. You had to get the parachute up off the floor and then get your body under it and then just imagine a wonderland of of happiness. And then, when it was time, the team would join together and they would flip it up back over their heads, scoot your bottoms out. And then you were safe again. The parachute in the real was the world. Best. Wait, and so that we kicked that parachute's ass on a regular basis. No, we had one. We went better. See, I went to uh, went to good old High Ridge Elementary, and uh, we would get the parachute out, and we would actually get fucking like wiffle balls. There was like thirty wiffle balls that the coach would bring out and put on top of the parachute. So we had to like move the parachute up and down uh-huh. and watch the wiffle balls come up and down like little like popcorn. But there was no point to it <laughs> was, well it was just to see the wiffle balls bounce up and down 
You didn't read that article that came out later? No. Where that gym teacher got arrested? No, this is profound. And it turns out he rubbed all those wiffle balls over his balls <laughs> and covered them in pubes so that he could have you all intently watch his bouncing pubes. I mean, they, it was well, on uh, 60 Minutes. Well, the ironic <laughs> thing is, this is no shit. My elementary school gym teacher, his name was Mr. Long. <laughs> so... By the the measurement of the pubes, these little hairs that we would find on the wiffle balls, I, it was true. <laughs> but they weren't talking about his cock. They were talking about his pubic hair size, like his oh, name yeah, Mr. Long Pubes. <laughs> but, okay. Well, uh, I didn't play any team sports in elementary school, and Jordan and Tim didn't play any, and we were very embarrassed whenever we were forced to. The sport that I eventually did get into was uh, it was a martial art and it's called Taekwondo. And what Taekwondo is, it's basically like boxing or fencing with your feet. Um, and that's all you're allowed to do. You're allowed to throw kicks to the body, kicks to the head, spin kicks, all that stuff. But there's no takedowns. There's no hand contact. Now, when I was like 10 or 11 years old, whenever I got into this, I had no idea what it was. I just... <clears throat> It was the mid 1990s, and I was sick of being this, you know, dumb fat kid at school. That I never got made fun of to my face because I was bigger than everybody, and because I could draw. So the kids always liked me, and I was quiet. I was fucking ridiculous quiet all the way through elementary school. So I remember we had a nickname for you. Um, well, what was it? Faggot ass fuck. <laughs> oh wait, do you still call me that? <laughs> but um, that should be my my Periscope handle is faggot ass fuck. <laughs> but anyway, like I did not talk. I was terrified to speak to anybody in elementary school. But because I had two things, I was bigger than everybody, except for you, Donnie Dunn. If you happen to listen to this, you gargantuan fuck. Do I remember <laughs> I'm in sixth grade? Glad, I'm so glad beard. you lost your finger in the door. <laughs> Yeah. You lost a finger? Yeah, no, actually, Donnie was Donnie was cool ass dude. He had a beard in sixth grade, though. He had a beard in sixth grade. He looked like like fucking Lou Ferrigno in elementary school, and he cut his finger off in the door <laughs> one day in fifth grade. But well, you, know, you remember Don- how you're nervous to go to junior high? You're like, yeah. oh man, I'm going to school with kids I don't know. It's the big leagues when really it's just one higher grade. Oh yeah. So you know, just as soon as you think. You know, it's just one higher grade. And then you walk into your homeroom and you see a fucking kid with a beard. And you're like, it's not just one extra grade. It is a different yeah, league. Like, just like yeah. my peers. Yeah. No. Like, did I just walk into college? <laughs> and then you look over and there's some chick with a freaking tattoo blowing some kid like in the background. It's like the beginning of Lean On Me. <laughs> Yes. And that's exactly what fifth grade Thanks was. a lot, Donnie Dunn, for scarring but, my sixth grade psyche. But anyway, all through elementary school, up until Donnie Dunn moved in, I was the biggest kid in the school. So that was the two things I had going for me. I was bigger than everybody, but I could draw. You know, like the whole draw drawing thing, it was like, I'd be cool to everybody because, oh, hey, could you draw me a picture of Raphael? Could you draw mm-hmm. this? I'm like, yeah, no problem. Draw, draw. So that's how I got on their side. And, you know, that was my way of just, it was to prevent them from making fun of how fat and quiet that I was. Well, that was actually the same with me. That's why it'd be like, hey, what's up, second weakest link? Um, <laughs> you know how you said second weakest link? That means there's an 
other weakest link. <laughs> Let me just rip on them. <laughs> yep. Dude, did you guys hear that second weakest link yep. make fun of that weakest link? <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Come on, second weakest link. Let's go. <laughs> and Jordan is not joking. When I met him in like sixth grade or whatever, that was what... He was the biggest fucking asshole I've ever met, but it's because he was willing to be an asshole to the same people I didn't like. I was like, hey, Bond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, but he's right. He would make fun of other people because he was worried about getting made fun of. Well, and I'd make fun of teachers and, you know, oh, the sure, facility sure. in general. But I mean, it was all a distraction. It was a way to distract or yeah. a way to kind of deflect things from yourself. So with me, I was just, just this you know, fat fucking quiet nerd kid, but because I was bigger than everybody, but I could draw like that was the way I would just focus on the draw all the time. Cause I want people to see that to like me for it. So I wouldn't have to talk and hope that, that I wouldn't get made fun of. But, um, it was in about, uh, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade is around that same time that I got into the whole Taekwondo. And, um, like I said, I got into that. It wasn't cause I was looking for a sport to play. I just, I was at a point where I knew that, uh, you know, you're, you're you're starting to like girls. You're getting close to getting into junior high, and it's like, I thought there's there's no way that anybody would ever like me with the way that I looked and as heavy as I was. And I've always been interested in martial arts. Just and you've up. been overcompensating ever since. Completely, <laughs> it hasn't ended. It's still, that's why I'm periscoping and doing a goddamn podcast. But uh, I just want you all to like me. Um, but yeah, so I got into this Taekwondo stuff to, to hope to to hope to lose weight and learn how to fight, just in case you know I I ever did actually speak up or someone actually ever you know had the balls to make fun of me, and um, I didn't even realize that it was a sport. And it wasn't until I got into the the sparring and the fighting part of it, and we would go to these high schools and do these tournaments, and I realized like there was something to competition, and um, as shy and as quiet as I was growing up, like. Going out and competing in front of, like, like whenever we did, like, the local, the regional competition, you'd still have a few hundred people there. It was, like, that was, like, the first big corner I ever turned on getting over, um, like, like stage fright was that first one. It was, like, it was so fucking scary. But then when I got in the ring and I'm getting ready for my match, I just totally forgot about being in front of people and realized I had a task at hand. I had to win. And, um... I actually wound up, I got disqualified, and, uh, uh, but I went on to like the next tournament, the next tournament, I started winning. I would win gold medals, and I got to the point I started realizing I was actually good at what I was doing, and um, it made me start to, I started to appreciate and possibly like crave going out and, and being in front of people and kind of getting that adrenaline rush that came with it, and from there... You know, as a, as a teenager, I started to realize I, you know, I wasn't scared of being in front of people anymore. I kind of liked that feeling of of that anxiety of 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 public speaking and shit like that. But um, um, as as a sport, I mean, I never did it though to to try yeah. to compensate for not playing fucking baseball or football or anything like that. So I had the taekwondo. You know, and as I was becoming, you know, a teenager, did you guys have anything like that sport-wise? Um, well, <laughs> no, because I had Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> so the greatest athletic feats were accomplished in my mind and to save villagers. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, no, actually, it's, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story because... 
I remember both my brothers weren't involved in sports growing up. Actually, my my oldest brother had a small stint in wrestling, and uh-huh. I actually thought it was pretty cool, you know. But uh, I think they picked him out because they were like, "Hey, there's a scrawny ass yeah. fuck who can make weight. Let's <laughs> put him on the team." Was this um, Dave or Matt? Yeah, it was David. <laughs> um, and. Matt never had that gym class shyness, yeah. you know. But so I'm just sitting there, and I remember one uh, summer my uncle ended up getting rid of one of his weight sets. Yeah, and my brother was in high school, and he was taking weight training. So it was like, hey, do you want my weight set? So we actually got a weight set in the house. And I remember when nobody was around, I'd be like, I'm gonna get fucking big, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know anything. So I'm like, I'll make up my own. S- exercises so unicorn squats and fairy <laughs> twists <laughs> and gnome crunches I so gnome crunch. <laughs> tiger mountain rush <laughs> foam roll for initiative <laughs> so uh no that so seriously i tried to like manipulate the weight equipment i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and i gave up almost immediately but after high school Jeez, it's been so long now. I'm trying to even remember how this happened. But we started becoming good friends. Actually, towards the end of high school, I guess you would say. Or or maybe mid-high school years. We started becoming better friends, you and I. And I remember you said that a couple summers before that's when you got into weightlifting. And you used to go to your uh, sister's house yeah. and work out with... Your brother-in-law's weight equipment, Ooh. and who did you listen to? The slowly. Oh yeah, I listen to yeah, I listen to Van Halen and Billy Squire. Billy it's, Squire, it's all he had on there. <laughs> Dude, I still put Billy Squire on my workout music because of that. <laughs> I get fucking to slowly stroke me while you're doing fucking. What's curls. the other one? His other big hit. Uh, oh, what was the other one? Fucking Tim. Because he actually says like one of the lyrics in the song is like "Slay me, rape me." Okay. Oh, I'll look Tim's going to look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. Dude, you got like 15 hey, computers right The there. funny, you know what's, <laughs> this is what's right ironic here. about that is the, so I used to work out in my kind of ex-brother-in-law's basement in high school. Well, his daughter, Andrea, my niece, uh-huh. who's now like, she just turned 20, is like hardcore weightlifter, like thinking about getting into fitness competitions really? and stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's weird. She the just, lonely is the night? She, yeah. Lonely. She, that doesn't sound anything like it. <laughs> but uh, but it, to, to to rewind a little there to Jordan having the uh, the weightlifting set in his basement and around that time. To well, give you, this is like a pause because I want to continue. After oh, okay. This. But to give you guys an idea of where we were actually at as as kids at that point, around that time, Jordan and I were in this this special class, um, and one of our uh, one of our our homework projects was to create this stop motion clay movie. (laughs) And I remember going over to his house and us making this fucking movie out of little clay figures. My tail will get away. There was stop motion animation and we thought we were cool as fuck for doing that. So, I mean, you got kind of an idea of what we were like at that age. So So me getting you to do shit, I was interested in goes (laughs) all the way back. (laughs) All the way back there. (laughs) But uh, we definitely weren't playing any uh, team sports at that time. Well, water sports. <laughs> that's a, a psyche, a scar. But uh, 
the the funny thing is that you mentioned earlier about the the one time once you started to get a little bit older where you actually caught the football that one game and that's that's kind of what I want to lead into next is you know you've got childhood sports and all this shit that kids have to go through and put up with out of their parents and coaches which is ridiculous that they shouldn't have to but then what happens is once they start to turn that corner from adolescent to teenager their body goes through a big change like they wake up one day and they have hair in places that they didn't before. and Like under the pillow? On, under the pillow. No, it's in your it, early 20s. For in the, <laughs> the wiffle balls. But they go through puberty. And so there's this you know huge change hormonally. And that affects them physically in a tremendous way. Because the kids start to get bigger. They start to get stronger. They start to develop uh, in certain areas. And um, <clears throat> the, the thing that people don't think about is that uh that age range in which you start to go through puberty and 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 develop and grow there can be like quite a quite a buffer there you know two to three years where some kids don't actually hit that stage until they're say 15 or 16 and some of them hit that earlier kind of like we talked about with donnie dunn earlier donnie started to hit that hormone surge in like fourth grade a lot of the other kids weren't there yet so at around 12 years old is you know the typical starting point for puberty and for hormones to start but for some kids it starts earlier and for some kids it starts a lot later and that can affect them in sports big too is that you've got some kids that are you know in their fucking mid or late teens and they're developed like somebody much older or they're developed like somebody much younger. But even though they're the same age, these coaches fucking come in and either expect like the same baseline for everybody. And you can't because we grow and we go through these hormonal changes at different rates. But even for us nerds, when we start to get that hormone surge, what's uh, what's kind of funny and kind of neat is... You know, we may have grew up the nerd, but then when we hit middle school and those hormones start to surge, we might have been genetically, uh, in, in this case, I'll say blessed. I know I'll probably get some uh, feminists and stuff out there that say, what, just having extra testosterone is not a blessing? In the case of athletics, it is. So we could be one of the nerds that hit that hormone surge, and we actually wind up producing more testosterone than what, like, you know, that jack football kid in elementary school is going to go through. And next thing you know, we're the one that's excelling at athletics or we're the one out there making those catches or we're running faster than that kid that always wore the Deion Sanders jersey in elementary school and they don't know how to deal with that. I remember around that time, just to to illustrate the point, I was kind of a fatter kid, right? And then, like, I hadn't seen, really talked to my neighbor in like three, four months or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I walked over to him, and he's like, damn, you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I wasn't exercising yeah. or anything, but my testosterone exactly. kicked in, and it just melted the shit off. And I was like, what is he talking about? And then I went home and looked in the mirror. I'm like, I kind of have, you know. But that's, I'd fuck me. <laughs> if, uh, if you put that to somebody who's actually been doing sports, right. that's a huge advantage, mm-hmm. you know, when that shit kicks in. Oh, completely. But that's where just... You know, genetics and what we're born with, it's a roll of the dice. So the kid that grew up, you know, through, you know, birth up until 12 years old, that was a nerd, that was into Dungeons and Dragons, they were into comic books. 
they have this huge surge of testosterone and they're going to produce more their entire life and that's than that kid that you know went through elementary school with the jerseys on and he was mr you know mr athletic guy well when the hormones finally hit and he doesn't produce a whole lot yeah, it's a hard thing for them to deal with. It's hard for the parents to deal with. And then they fucking run the, like, no, no, you were born to do this because I played it. And they never actually can accept the fact that their child wasn't fucking born or built to be an athlete. Can I say something? Yeah. So you never played a team sport? No, I, I did for a couple of years in high school. What sport? I played baseball. Okay. Well, I get this vibe from you. Uh, the way you're framing all these arguments that you're very anti like parent you're anti coach you're anti you know, all this shit it's like wait a minute i think there might be some freudian shit going on here um so if i may mm-hmm. ask a question yeah. um to kind of maybe get at the root of this matter the question i would like to ask is you were somebody that actually ended up getting into sports which was taekwondo and baseball right and you have kids right I'm a person that never ended up getting into sports, but I finally ended up getting into shape and athletics right. and stuff. And I have kids. And Tim is somebody that never got into sports, is kind of, for you know, better or worse, just now getting into physical activity. Would that's, you say fair. that's fair. Yeah. All right. And wait, I remember in high school him having some hellacious lightsaber duels <laughs> out in front of his parents' house <laughs> with. Uh, one of his friends, I can't remember which one, but I remember it happening. I don't remember. I don't think there were some count plastic that fucking lights. No, that was me and Tony Magnum. <laughs> oh, really? I'm telling you, we made it. PVC pipes and freaking duct tape and foam into. Yeah, and they brought those all over to my house, and they had a big fight in my backyard. <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, so Tim is just starting to get into physical right. activity and thinking about having kids. So we've right. got kind of three different perspectives. The question is, and I think this will get into your larger sure, sports sure. Uh, topic, do you want your kids doing team sports? And yeah. let's start with you, Sam. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm not against them. Um, but what are the pros and cons? I mean, why have you gotten, or, or what sport would you consider your kids doing? Right. Well, my daughter's already, she started off, she did the Taekwondo. My daughter is very much uh, similar to me psychologically in fact there's so many ways i relate to my daughter that other people think she's strange and weird and i get to go no no she's just like me i was identical to her at that age um and because of how her personality was that's what i thought i thought you know what let's get her into taekwondo first because that's what i adapted to because i had more of an individual mindset and she liked it up until she got to competition and the fighting that's when she got scared of it So next she wanted to play soccer. So her mom enrolled her in soccer and she actually seemed to enjoy the team sports soccer more than she did the individual Taekwondo. Um, Nothing that I, that I was against. I'm not against the team sports. In fact, if she wanted to play basketball or something else, I would have been for it. My main thing is just being there to, to kind of look at the coaches and look at the coaching style and to make sure he's not one of these jerk jocks that I was talking mm-hmm. about before or looking at the other parents around it like you know if they start to get out of hand it's like dude calm the fuck down they're eight years old you don't need to be on their ass but you know I got something that maybe I can put your mind at ease a little bit about that right, right. and of course if it's too extreme and they're breaking your kid that's right. different but 
as long as they're doing if they're going through different coaches, mm-hmm. I think having a bad coach is not necessarily a bad thing, and I'll tell you why. I found in my life that life is about learning lessons, right? right? So let's say you start out with a really good coach and you learn a lot of lessons on how to do things right. Then they go through a bad coach. Well, during that time period, that year or two years or whatever, they're going to be miserable and they're going to be pissed off, right? right? And it's going to be a shitty time and they're not going to have fun. But when they come out the other side, you know what they've learned? What not to do. Right. What I don't like about sports. What I don't like about training. What I don't like about this. And then when they go into branch out, let's say they quit that sport. Right. But now it's time for them to select a new sport. You know what? I didn't like the high competitiveness. Right. Because this guy was a fucking asshole. I want to go to a sport where the goal is to have fun. Right. That's a cool lesson that they yeah. learn by having a bad coach, right. you know, or, you know, say that person ends up getting to be older and mentoring younger kids. Hey, I remember my coaches cussed me and I hated it mm-hmm. when I mentor these younger kids, you know, cause I'm a high school kid and I'm working with, you know, junior high kids. I'm not going to be a dick. Right. Yeah. So I think that. While you could really get worked up about that bad coach or that bad right. season or that jerk parent, those can actually be good lessons for your kid, you know? Oh, I agree completely. And um, that's where I think there are plenty of benefits to getting your kids into team sports. Um, not just being the parent that goes, well, my kid's just going to focus on academics and that's it. No, it's good because it also simulates the future of having a boss. Like I, uh, I was online. You brought that up. I was online the other day, and I saw one of those internet memes, and um, I, I'm sure whatever this person was applying it to was probably some ridiculous redneck conservative shit. But that's beyond that. The meme had something to do with a kid that's uncoachable is unemployable, and um, I think there's a lot to that. That as a kid. You know, you're so used to having your parents around to be the ones to either coddle you or tell you what to do. And if you fuck up, whatever, you're still going to get fed or you're still going to get this. Unless you grew up with Jordan's stepdad. <laughs> Fucking Pop-Tarts. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that coach could be that first person that's there that's like, well, hey, you didn't fucking finish the drill or do this. Then you're not playing. Actually, that's a good segue if I could jump yeah. into what I'm going to do with my kids now. Um and I'll ask you a question to kind of segue yeah. in. Do you ever get tired of being the disciplinarian for your kids? Yes. <laughs> you know, and you're like, sometimes you think, man, to my kids, I'm just this bad guy. Yeah. You know, hey, do what I say. Hey, listen, right. you know, turn around. What are, are you paying attention? Blah, blah, blah. Dude, if I can send them for two hours to somebody that's right. going to tell them right. to pay attention, maybe I can ease up a little bit. Sure. And sure. I can have a little bit more fun with my kids when they're with me because I won't feel guilty. I'll right. be like, you know, I just let them get away with a little something. Yeah. But they just came off two hours of getting told to pay sure. attention, sure. so I'll relax a little bit. Sure. And school is kind of the same way. Their teacher yeah. you know, is like, stop fucking talking and interrupting yeah. me. That kind of stuff. So... 
if you can tell by the way I'm talking already, I'm a huge fan of getting my kids into team sports. Right. Which is interesting because I didn't do any team yeah. sports. Um, so my son has already done two years of Taekwondo, and he just started doing peewee football, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I'm excited about that over Taekwondo is Taekwondo wasn't really a team sport. It was more of an individual yeah. sport. I mean, yeah, you could consider the whole school as a team, but that's just kind of mm. fluffing the language there. But the reason I think football will be kind of neat is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they have to rely on one another. You know, mm-hmm. um, hey, you didn't do your job and it affected sure. me. Or I didn't do my job, and guess what? I didn't just get yelled at. It affected Mm -hmm. 10 other people or 20 other people or whatever. And, I mean, as a manager, I run into that problem all the time. There was some guy, I mean, today who's Mm -hmm. 40 years old, and what he did affected our entire team, and he had no remorse. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just look at him and I'm like, you're somebody that has fucking played video games since you're a kid till now. Sure. That's all you've done. You know, you've never realized that there are situations in life where you're a part of a team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember after you kind of, you know, us becoming friends got me in shape. Mm -hmm. uh, I really got interested in like, man, what did I miss out on? When Mm -hmm. I was in school, by not being a more athletic kid, by trying to hide in the bleachers and and watch Chris Panetta freaking make (laughs) love to the wall. Pilgrim. Or Chris Pilgrim (laughs) make love to the wall and kiss it and tell it how much it is fucking awesome and how he loved it and then go cheat on <laughs> on that wall with the other wall and try so to make that other wall that you remember that shit <laughs> so uh, that was a little inside baseball but uh, um what was i trying to oh so if maybe if i hadn't once i got in shape i felt what if i hadn't right. done that what if i could have felt that exhilarating feeling of catching that football yeah. in gym class Multiple times, repeatable times. Mm -hmm. What would that be like? And I remember purchasing a book called The Games Do Count. And each chapter was like a super successful person telling you about what sport they played and how they learned life lessons from it. And I remember reading this book and going, dude, they're not just jocks. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. There's this whole, you know, dynamic thing going on with growing a young person that just like the hardcore jocks that don't play fucking Dungeons and Dragons are missing out big time, mm-hmm. I was the hardcore Dungeons and Dragons that was missing out big time on the life lessons of sports. Right. How was I better than them? Right. I wasn't. In fact, I'd make fun of them. Right. Oh, they're so fucking dumb. Chad Limbach, square fucking head. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> right. But it's it's also not ironic that you eventually did learn those lessons of, you know, like you said in the team sports, you developed the knowledge that, hey, what you're doing can impact everybody else that's on this team. If yeah. What you just did, if you screw up, is going to impact the entire outcome of what this person's done and that person's done. And And you wound up going into the military. Well, you know what's fucking funny about that is one of the reasons I excelled at the military is you don't realize it, but I was involved in team sports. Right. And I didn't know it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. 
pro wrestling. Oh, (laughs) no, I mean, we don't have time to get into the whole backstory, but in high school, we ran a wrestling promotion Mm -hmm. and we learned a lot of the same life lessons about teamwork and preparation and, and uh, determination and overcoming adversity and stuff in the pro wrestling thing that actually I think we learned some more lessons than yeah. some of the people that was just the, oh, you go out and play third base, yeah. you know, uh, than they learned. But so to kind of make a long story short, I want my kids to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. Yeah. Do you remember his character? Yes. He was fucking big. He was athletic and he studied physics yeah. and studied botany and freaking spoke multiple languages and stuff that's what i would like my kids to be but i don't think that you have to differentiate and i'm also not going to be scared like my wife is terrified right now of the football thing that yeah. there's going to be either an asshole coach or a bully kid and guess what that kid that spit at me in gym class you know what the best thing for me would have been to go right back out there on the field with him again right and to keep trying and to keep learning and to keep growing but instead nobody was around nobody was watching i could fold in on myself and just uh well i'm not gonna try to catch a ball again yeah (laughs) meanwhile the guy that spit on you is now assistant manager at the circle k (laughs) that's what i was gonna say exactly well but that's falling back into that mindset of making fun of jack but you get what I'm well, getting at. So, oh, totally. Well, what I was going to say is let's let Tim chime him in. What's he going to do with his kids um, if he ever has them? If I ever have any. I'm not against team sports, but I'm not, I don't know if I would push them towards it. If it was something gang, they had interest rape, in. Gang, rape. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to get to all. He can't do team sports if he's sitting around watching Bill Cosby reruns all day. <laughs> he's got he's to gotta get his murder. This guy gets morals from somewhere. He's not going to get them from me. Um, no, I think uh, there's a lot of things to be said about team sports, and we discussed a lot of it here, and I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to push them in that direction, but if they show interest in it, I definitely wouldn't deter them from that. But what is definitely important is that they have some kind of um, – Outdoor physical kind of right workout thing, <laughs> right? Something to keep them physically active. Yeah, like so, prancing. If they want to prance, they, they're, <laughs> they're more than welcome to. Well, prance. By then, there will be like prancing leagues. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, Dude, I wish... I'm telling you, unicorn squats and fairy <laughs> twists <laughs> and gnome crunches. Well, uh, to bring that back to the whole. Well, <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't have Once you get to prancing, that made me think about the whole Madeline soccer thing and what you said about the coach. <clears throat> One of the things that I was actually disappointed in in Madeline's soccer experience was that the coach was just this kind of standoffish, lumpy, oaf motherfucker that... Standoffish. That's yeah, a strong there was, Norwegian there was name. No discipline. <laughs> there was no discipline. There was almost like no uh, concern at all for this guy, for his players. It, it was literally like uh, Olaf standoffish. <laughs> like she played for this. It was like this fucking Catholic church. It was a free thing that her mom and brother what the in. Fuck. So <laughs> Catholics. So <laughs> what the fuck? But no, it was this. It was this free thing that her mom and brother in. Burn so it was them. like 
you know, these kids weren't like super competitive, but either way, I think like the coaches just all, there, there must have been a room that they were all sitting in and the principal's like, okay, who'd like to be the soccer coach? And like four fat guys, like, Hold oh, on. I guess I'll do it. Was the coach your old neighbor from Bear Creek? From, I don't know what you're talking you about. You remember you lived on the top of Bear Creek or whatever on West Four Ridge and you had a neighbor to the right of you if you're looking out your front door? Was that guy the coach? <laughs> no, he wasn't the coach. Because he's been in a girl's locker room. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> but um, like this guy looked like he was just like, okay, I'll be the soccer coach. I'll go out there. And or like, maybe it was community service. Like, dude, you, but, uh, dude, you peed in public. Now you got to coach a girls' soccer team at a Catholic school. That's it. Fuck, can I pay the fine? <laughs> but I, I went. We to just one have of their, a Netflix series that we have to pitch now. I uh, I went to one of their practices, and I mean, he looked like he didn't even know how to play soccer, and like the two drills that he showed, he couldn't fucking he couldn't perform himself. So, like, his soccer comprehension skills were already smaller than mine, and I know jack shit about soccer, but the guy didn't seem to have any passion for watching these kids get any better. So whenever they would play the game, it was just like, all right, you're out, you're in, <laughs> Madeline, goal, you get over there. Like, no strategy, no coaching, nothing. So it's like, even though I say, like, some coaches are too hard on the kids, this guy wasn't anything like he wasn't hard enough he wasn't anything like he showed no enthusiasm towards it so to me that's that's a shitty coach that's not what i was looking for in a coach and that's the benefits of team sports is having a good coach that's right well now, you can tell that i play dungeons and dragons and i'm into steampunk and post-apocalyptic <laughs> stuff because when you said steampunk <laughs> steampunk and post-apocalyptic stuff because as soon as you said the coach the two drills he showed i just pictured him in like this iron mask with two holsters and, and he whips out two motorized drills and he's like nee, 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 nee. and i was like dude this coach is hardcore i actually think i like him well it, it's funny though when we talk about like middle school and like when you're first becoming a teenager was i remember jacking that, off <laughs> like every two seconds like under the desk dude i didn't oh, jack off until i, I was 23 <laughs> we're gonna save that for the next podcast right. so if you're watching next episode after 23 this, months like, bitch <laughs> but um <clears throat> i remember like it, the middle school years <clears throat> oh jordan's kicking nope no, I, <laughs> I, I had some uh that's whenever I started to come out of my shell, and I had some pretty crazy friends with uh, Jordan over here, obviously being one of them. But my other friend, Dave, who Dave actually was, like, clinically messed Insane. up. <laughs> Dave's been in and out of psych hospitals since we were little kids. And so what I learned to do in middle school is because I was coming out of my shell because of the taekwondo, I was no longer scared to be in front of people, but I still... I still had this, uh, you know, low self esteem when it came to sports because I Were never played them. Were you on the coming out of your shell tour? <laughs> yes, yes. I still <laughs> have growing up in a glass. I still have Tim Pickerel's coming out of their shell tour See, tape. I, I had the VHS tape. I don't remember where I got it, but I let Sam borrow it. I still it, have it. And Pizza it's power. still in my collection. It's a thing that keeps us going. <laughs> but what I would do in Tube middle school. In. <laughs> 
What I would do in middle school was just like, you know, I would just follow Dave's lead with acting crazy to get out of playing the sports. Like I remember when we would play volleyball, we would have this thing where we would serve the ball and hit it as hard as we could across the entire gym. Uh, and people would you. laugh and think, oh, har, we, har. yeah, they're being clowns. When really it was like, well, no, this is my way of getting out of showing you that I really can't play volleyball. And we would do the same thing when it was like, uh, you know, playing basketball or whatever, like we would totally just act like idiots. Mm-hmm. People thought, oh, they're being funny. It was like, no, actually, it's because I know I you suck You should have taught me that. I'd have taught you the gym shirt thing. <laughs> you, you, taught, you taught me a lot back then. But anyway, going into high school, what happened was, you know, then I start to hit my hormone surge. I start to get better with the taekwondo and everything. And then I was going in and starting to play, like, the football games catching the ball and doing things and going, you know what, I probably could be good at this, but I'm so wrapped up in this individual sport, and I don't like team sports, so I'm not going to try it. So to segue that to to professional sports. Mm-hmm. Hormone surge is a horrible soda, by the way. <laughs> Are you going to go on to be in sports fans? Yes, that's what I want to go into next. Is Can the I impact tell one more story? Sports on our culture. Because I'm a microphone hog, can I tell one more story? Yes. About why I think sports are important for people to do? Yes. All right, so I'm a microphone hog and I like to tell stories. Shout out to my fan jewels. Um, so they, when I was in the Navy, um, there was a lot of gay sex going on. I wasn't a part of it, but it's not relevant to the story. But you were still a team fan. No, I uh, I transferred to this command where I got to be an instructor and teach junior sailors how yeah. to do their job and, and teach them technical skills and new equipment and things like that. Well, I remember um, after being there about a year, they approached me and they go, Hey, you're our representative for instructor of the year. Mm-hmm. And I said huh? Like, what are you talking about? And they go, yeah, there's this instructor of the year competition that happens every year. And basically from our division, we've selected you as the instructor of the year. Then you go for the whole command, which was about 150 people Mm -hmm. and you compete against them by teaching a class in front of the highest of the high people in our command. And if you go on, then you teach in front of the highest of the high of all submarine schools in the entire world, right. which was like, I think probably about, you know, 11, 12,000 people or whatever. Uh, I might be overblowing the n- numbers cause I'm drunk, but, um, did I say that? <laughs> anyway, which you can no. listen to our addiction episode. No, what bad. I, what I meant was it was about 1200. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you went on from that round and you competed in all the instructors in the Navy, which mm-hmm. was about that 10,000 yeah. range. So I'm like, Oh man, I've never, I've never done anything like this. I've never competed like this in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and I practiced my ass off, you know, and this was just me competing with the other people at my command. So, you know, 150 other instructors. Right. And it came down to like a final five situation. And we all had to go in and we all taught the same topic and we all taught it in front of the big wigs of our command. And I just remember, I, I remember being out in the hallway with the people who were waiting to go yeah. in and I was going, Oh, dude, like I was getting chummy with them, you know, like almost like a psychological tactic and going, uh, dude, what are you going to, how's your intro go? 
and they would tell me, and I'm like, dude, that's it. Like, I, I was just to fuck with them, and yeah. they would get all nervous, and I was like, what am I doing? I didn't even know what I was doing. I'm like, what right. am I doing? That seems like a good thing to do, but what's going on here? And uh, they went in there, and when it was my turn, I destroyed them. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And I remember coming out, and I was like, dude, I've never felt this feeling before. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Like, I've never won a com- I've never been in a competition, let alone won a competition. So then I won that, and then I won the submarine competition, and then I came in third place of the entire freaking Navy. Right. So I went on the, my first competition ever. I know this isn't sports, but it was this tear where I was like, holy cow, I got exposed to all this high-level competition. It was so fun. It was so awesome. And you know what? Because I came in third, guess what I got to experience? The loss? Defeat. Yeah, <laughs> I got to experience defeat. And then the next year, guess what? I was the submarine instructor of the year again. Yeah. You know, I went through the entire process again, and I came up just shy, and I'm pretty sure I know why. But I look back... And I went, and then I wasn't eligible because I was getting out of the Navy. Yeah. But guess what I got to do? What? Coach. Yeah. I took a, a young uh, mentee, mm-hmm. and I took him. I'm like, dude, I'm selecting you. I'm nominating you, and I'm going to teach you how to beat the fuck out of these people because mm-hmm. guess what? I've done it two years in a row. Oh, yeah. And he won. And when I got out of that, I was like, dude, that was such a fun experience. And I learned so much about winning, losing, defeat. And then it kind of clicked like, this is what I missed out on in sports. Oh, yeah. And And I remember before I went in to to the first round of competition, I don't know why, but the Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar highlight reel was like going through my head. And I was like really getting pumped up. Like, dude, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking beat their asses even though i'm teaching i'm not even touching anybody (laughs) i was like dude i was so pumped when i went in there and i just owned the joint yeah and i remember that that hyped up feeling dungeon dragons is fucking cool but i've never felt that in dungeon dragons you know you're right and i think a good thing that you bring up is that it transcends sports is that competition is a good thing and the the faster that you can learn to uh, accept and like competition, that is a good thing. I think competition always leads to something good as long as it doesn't go to a degree of, you know, I'm going to fucking bomb the shit out of you because I'm so competitive. Yeah, but, but the other thing was that the losing is important too. Yes, like, yeah, because that's a valuable lesson in losing. Yeah, I but, want my kid to fucking lose. Right, Fuck because you can kid. be competitive. No, <laughs> There's something about a, a competitive nature that can get to be annoying if somebody is competitive about everything they do, but I think if it's a healthy dose, that is great to have. But that brings me to the last part of this podcast, which is sports at the professional level and spectators and fans because it's one thing to compete in the actual sport and deal with the coaches and learn the life lessons of competition it's another to be somebody who gets off on secondhand entertainment and lives your life i say that as jordan is sitting here with a st louis rams hat now let me repeat that for all of you that are from outside of st louis that are listening to this podcast in another state or on periscope right now the St. Louis Rams. 
We are the worst fucking football team in the whole world. Go kill yourself. <laughs> and he's supporting them. But that is my biggest problem with professional sports. I don't care. I don't give two jack shits about how much money the players make. I hate when people go, well, uh, he makes $5 billion to touch a ball and a teacher makes this much per year. Well, guess to what? To touch a ball. <laughs> if people wanted to pay that much to see the teacher, she would make that much. Don't blame the athlete. Blame the fucking fans that pay that much to go watch him. But these people that obsess over sports to the point that they watch ESPN, they go online, they know every little fucking statistic about a player and their life depends on that season. I've heard stories of people that have killed themselves people whenever their team lost. themselves coming out of the Avatar movie also, though. <laughs> Just, so don't blame sports for killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, but this is more prevalent than people that murder themselves. <laughs> this is more applicable like, to the topic of this <laughs> I remember I, I was a big boxing fan growing up, another individual sport. And uh, being a kid of the 80s, obviously Mike Tyson was like the big deal. But I remember when Mike Tyson fought Evander Holyfield and he lost, there was a story of a guy that fucking his dad had uh, was rooting for Holyfield. And he shot his dad in the chest and murdered his dad after <laughs> Evander Holyfield beat Mike Tyson. And that's just, you, you know, one small to, story yeah, I was gonna say. out of, you know thousands and hundreds of thousands of stories that are out there of your team lost so you fucking rioted or your team won and you rioted but it's like our friend tony heeman once put it to me he called it secondhand entertainment and i thought this is this is a great this is a great analogy was the people that are out there playing football and baseball and basketball are playing a game that is meant to entertain them that's what sport is you entertain yourself and then there are people that are sitting in the fucking stands paying money to watch other people have fun. They're paying to watch other people fucking entertain right. themselves. That's why I jerk off in front game. of a webcam now. Can I, money. So can I tell you that you're a big phony? Hey, I didn't say that I don't have. <laughs> hey, I'm look. I'm wearing a St. Louis Cardinals no. shirt right now. I'm it, not saying that it's not a great form of entertainment and that you can't use it as escape. But some people go beyond an escape. Well, some it people, has nothing to do with you having a huge Cardinals. <laughs> what I was going to say was, you're the one that taught me to be a sports fan, and you didn't even know it. Do you know why? I have no idea. Oh, let me enlighten you. <laughs> Grasshopper. Oh, let's let me break it down for you one time. I don't remember. I remember a phone call. Uh-huh. When you called my house and said, dude, I've got a wrestling ring. Right. And I said, I don't even like wrestling. <laughs> and you're like, dude, we're putting on a show. And I'm like, I can write a script. And I remember I wanted Mike Weiss to be Art Garfunkel. <laughs> I do remember that. But uh, so anyway, I got involved in the whole wrestling thing, and I kind of had watched wrestling a little bit, yeah. and I actually was still under the impression that it was semi-real. Mm -hmm. And by hanging out with you, you're like, dude, no, it's not real. And I'm yeah. like, then why the fuck do you care? And you're like, cause it's fun. Yeah. Wait a minute, what? And it took me years, but I remember, and a lot of it was through running our own wrestling promotion and being a cheerleader. Like, I literally, right. it sounds gay as fuck, but I learned how to be a cheerleader right. to whoever was going out or whatever. Adam Raw, yeah. Adam Raw, you know, you suck, you suck. 
And while when I first got into it, I thought that was so dumb. I ended up having tons of fun. Right. So you taught me to be a sports fan. And I remember in uh, when I lived in Washington, I went to go see an MMA fight. And yeah. I was with a bunch of Navy friends. And I go, dude, you guys don't even know how to cheer sports. Yeah. I know how to fucking right. cheer sports because I learned it from pro fucking wrestling. Yes. So get some. Here's what we're doing. Here's the list of the fighters versus fighters. This guy's the heel. This guy's the face. This guy's the heel. This guy's the face. I remember and, you telling me this. Yeah, and we were standing hilarious. by the entry ring, and these people would come out, and I'm like, dude, guys, that's the heel. And they go, what are we supposed to do? What does heel mean? It means boo the fuck out of this guy. And we would boo him, and he just had this look on his face like, oh, my God, like somebody just killed his kitten yeah. or something. But then when the face would come out and we would cheer him and he's a nobody in the middle of Spokane, Washington or whatever. He's like, you just saw his face transform to, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous too. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm going to kill this guy. And I'm like, dude, that's the power of mindless fandom. Yeah. And guess what? It's fun. Yes. Because then when the guy that we cheered as the face walked out. Because we were by the entryway, he was literally hugging us and high-fiving right. us. And when we, the guy that we booed came out after he lost, he was flicking us off oh, yeah. and telling us to go fuck ourselves and stuff. And the point that I'm getting to in this long-winded My Second Diatribe is that I have found a certain amount of fun in being a mindless fan. Yeah. That's why I'm wearing the Rams hat. That's why when football season comes, it's not about whether the Rams win or lose. It's about the friends that come over to my house. It's about the chicken wings that we fucking eat Mm -hmm. and the beer that we fucking drink. And the fact that when a touchdown scored, I'm going to jump up and I'm going to go, woo, like Ric Flair, Mm -hmm. even though Ric Flair chopping somebody doesn't matter and a touchdown doesn't matter. Right. So I just bring that all that up because it's actually you that taught me to like sports. Well, I didn't know that much, but um, <laughs> it, and there are those are the benefits to the pro sports. Is you, it's a chance to celebrate. It's a chance to have fun. It's kind of like, hey, you know what? For here in St. Louis, Cardinals opening day is a fucking holiday. Yeah, like they're actually nothing. trying to get it to be like a legal thing, just where, like the Super Bowl. They're yeah, the Super able- Bowl is a holiday, and I think when fans treat it that way as you do, as I do, when you go out there and you're having fun with it, that that's the purpose of pro sports. Just like people yeah. that go to the movies, you know, and it's like these superhero films, these fucking nerds sit there and they want to, like, analyze everything and say, that costume, that's different from the comic book and that's not how it happened and I hate this. This is horrible. It's like, dude, the point is to have fun with it. Do you think your beef with most sports fans, though, is that it's not a conscious decision? It's just they were raised that way. I freaking, I'm a Broncos fan till I die, you know, and they don't actually think of how absurd they are. Because I, not I acknowledge how absurd I am. I no, know. I, I don't how even think that, that's not my problem. My, my problems are the people that are, that paint up or I'm a this for life because I do that with the Cardinals. It's the ones that. <laughs> It's the ones that just overanalyze this shit. They know the statistics and they take it way too serious. Well, and they actually and live and die <laughs> by the sporting season or by the trade, or they just they're so obsessed with it and they can spit these numbers out and they literally like 
cry and break down when their team does it's like i'm the biggest fucking cardinal fan and sure when the game is on i might get a little over animated or heated but as soon as i turn that tv off or leave the sports bar or whatever i'm back to reality and it's funny and hey there's always next year whatever my life wasn't impacted by what that team did well i guess the thing you need to realize is that it's fantasy just like any other fan oh yeah that's out there but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up because it has gone on quite a while. <laughs> yeah, pretty long. <laughs> so, but it was uh, fun. It was it very was fun. fun. It was fun. We were all fanatics. We were all fans. Yay. Actually, boo. This podcast sucks. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> leave you guys with that. that. If you've got a kid that is getting into sports, make sure that you support them. But don't overanalyze every little move they make. Don't treat them like shit if they get up there and they strike out or they don't catch the football or they fall while they're playing hockey it's okay for the coach to be stern and the coach to lay some lessons down but don't put up with an asshole that's going to treat your kid like shit and scar them mentally for the rest of their lives and if you're a pro sports fan don't fucking kill yourself because your team loses because if so then you're a stupid ass douchebag (laughs) anyway for the how should i bro podcast i'm sam richardson you can follow me on twitter at sam underscore the underscore trainer and at uh, Tim's behest, I'm going to work on changing that over soon to something that doesn't have all the underscores underneath it. And on Instagram, Periscope, and pretty much everything else, you can follow me at AdamRawSTL. I'm Tim Pickerel. You can find me on Twitter. I'm still at TimHatesYou. And on Instagram, at Studios. And you can find me at Let's Go Rams! <laughs> Let's Go Rams! Fuck them up, Rams. Fuck them up. Fuck them up, Rams. There's underscores under all of those exclamation marks. (laughs) And you can thank Sam for teaching me the cadence of each one of those via pro wrestling. That is it. You can find us online at www.howshouldibro.com. And Tim, if somebody is uh, listening to us on iTunes, what should they do? Oh, they should absolutely take the time to write us a review and give us a star rating preferably five that's right because that's how people find out about us so that is it keep your comments and your questions coming make sure to find us on periscope if you want to hear the podcast before it's released and uh that's going to be it thank you for joining us and uh we'll catch you guys next time